Thank you for joining me on the Southwest Florida Business Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And today I'm joined by Tony Badala and Charlie Lomangino from Southwest Waste. So we dive into their efforts after the hurricane, everything that went along with that. We dive into some of the high paying jobs they have available right now and the impact that's going to have on Southwest Florida. And then we talk about certain aspects of recycling that I didn't know about. You probably don't either, but they're pretty fascinating um, and how they impact builders, homeowners, everything like that. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Charlie and Tony from Southwest Waste. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcast. We help businesses make marketing videos. A lot of businesses see the value in video content, but they don't know where to start. We work with businesses to highlight the value they bring to their customers and share that online. Now we've created the Marketing Manager's Guide to Video Content that you can download for free by following the link below or scanning the QR code on your screen. Now, enjoy the show. Tony, Charlie, you guys wanna roll into this? Sure, I'm good. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. For sure. So uh, I guess before we kind of dive into all the things we're planning on diving into, can you guys give me a quick rundown of Southwest Waste, what you guys do, who you help, and uh, yeah, then we'll take it from there. So uh, pretty much we're at the moment a construction and demolition collection and post-disposal company. So pretty much when people are either building a structure or ripping it down, uh, we supply containers uh, to remove the debris. Uh, the backbone of what we do is actually recycling, though. We pull, take all that material, and we have state-of-the-art recycling facilities that separate all the different commodities, wood, cardboard, metal. Uh, we do make a dirt product that currently goes to a landfill, uh, but there are, on the East Coast, uh, they got permitted for commercial use, uh, landscaping berms, um, golf course elevations, um, but we pretty much take what everybody builds with and turn it into different products. So eventually what we'll do is add a downstream system. So we pull metal. Uh, we own a metal shredder on the East Coast. We shred our own metal, sell it overseas. Uh, cardboard, we pretty much you know uh, sell it, uh, depending on the market, to a person that uh, bails it and sells it overseas. Uh, the wood, uh, we either sell or dump for zero down the street at uh, USA Mulch, and they uh, grind it and make a product out of it. And uh, the concrete, uh, either goes to lake fills where, you know, people, there's lakes that are deemed to be permissible to, fi to fill and go from dead land to, you know, buildable land, or we'll crush it and sell it as sub base. So wow. the collection company, uh, which, or we call it the hauling company, is just basically to feed the processing facilities. So currently we have five of them right now, Naples, we have one in Naples, two in Fort Myers, one coming out of the ground in Port Charlotte, and we have a transfer station up in Sarasota. Okay. So that's the backbone of what we do. Got it. So, all right, that's interesting. I think that's a piece that I didn't know too much about, and I don't think most people realize. And I was one of the questions I was going to ask is where, where like the real sources of revenue are and how you're helping people with that. So how did you... Uh, Oh, go ahead. Well, a lot of people uh, with, the, with the contractors within Lee County, Collier County, they also get credits meaning on their building permits for recycling percentages. So we help them get to that point. Out of the five accredited facilities for recycling, we own three of them right now between Collier County and Lee County. So then what that means is a savings to the builder, savings to the homeowner on building permits and so forth. 
Okay, so, got it. So there's a, there's requirements that each of these builders have to hit within the counties. A certain recycling percentage, 50% right now, and okay. we exceed that. Okay, got it. What? Just curious, what is the percentage that you guys are at now? So right now, uh, when you take the dirt product and put that on the side, uh, it you know we do feel that eventually that will be permitted for some sort of use. That makes up about 30% of our inbound by weight. Uh, if you count the dirt, we're up to 90%. If you take the dirt out, we're somewhere between 60 and 65. Okay. So, um, and like we said, we're making, so the first state-of-the-art system that what, what we had on the East Coast that we brought to the West Coast, that just got commissioned about two months ago. So we really haven't got a really true feel for what it is just yet. And obviously the waste streams differ you know, based on the facilities, some get more demo, some get more new construction. But on the East Coast, uh, with the same type of facilities on new construction, we were up to 95 95% diversion. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We don't know the landfill. State of the yeah, we don't know the yeah. landfill, so we want to <laughs> divert as much as possible. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That's that's got to be a huge problem that you're solving for these builders. I mean, <laughs> so if they can't hit those percentages, then they can't really operate. No, they can operate, but um, more or less they get credits for going to a recycling facility. Got so it. part of our attraction to Lee County, for me, there were many reasons, but one is they are they have a great solid waste director. Um, they are very focused on recycling. It's one of their core values, which aligns with what we do. Because pretty much anybody can go buy a truck and pick up construction and demolition debris. Um, but not everybody either has the ability, the know-how, or the capital to process it and recycle it correctly. So it lent an opportunity to Tony and I uh, to start up over here. And we had a great reputation on the East Coast of Florida uh, yeah. between the, the county, the county uh, people at the Solid Waste Department knew of us, knew what we did. DEP knows of us, knows what we could do. And uh, they feel very comfortable with us. So our permitting process, when it says South Waste, Southwest uh, Waste, it's uh, it's been an easy process. Got it. Well, and you guys are in the business before. We were talking about that a little bit. But can you guys give me a rundown of where, how you guys got into the industry, how all this stuff started, and then how that led to the formation of this company? So I think it really goes back to my father. Uh, I've had a very large uh, municipal and C&D company in New York State, uh, specifically the city, uh, Brooklyn, Queens, a little bit on Long Island. And, um, you know, as they were collecting construction and demolition debris, uh, they used to have to separate it in the yards and they realized, wow, a lot of this is recyclable. I mean, one story that came out was that my dad was sitting in a transfer station and he just started burning wood to keep warm. Uh, because it was in the middle of the night, it was freezing cold. In New York, you got to do everything at night because during the day, it's too congested. And uh, before you know it, you know, he was burned through a 30-yarder full of wood, that's a uh, container size, you know, in a few hours. And so that gave him the idea to, well, there's other, as he calls it, you know, gold in the hills, uh, you <laughs> know, between metal, he calls it actually the urban ore. Um, you know, there's actually, you know, it's very recoverable, so uh, he started, he flew to Europe because uh, Europe at the time and still is in some ways ahead of us in their recycling technology, uh, picked up on a few ideas and started implementing it uh, in his business model. And what and, year was that? 
Or roughly. Uh, started in the 70s, ended in the mid-90s. He sold out in the mid-90s. And, um, you know, uh, the largest privately owned uh, waste recycling company uh, and collection company in New York City. And um, retired to Florida, so he thought, and got started again. You know, over that time period, you know, technology increased. Uh, recycling became more, you know, at the forefront of people's minds. And then, you know, you, you know, Florida is just, you know, a boomtown. It has been since the early 2000s. It's still continuing. So we took that model, brought it to Florida, and Florida does a really, really good job of being smart about how they go about recycling. So, how uh, so? so? So your regulatory departments could be over-regulating in a sense where it works against recycling. Here they have a very pragmatic approach as to how they, you know, regulate you. So like clean concrete, you know, you need buildable land. Florida's got a lot of wetlands. Putting a piece of concrete in any body of water in the Northeast is, you know, so badly frowned against uh, that you wouldn't even think of doing it. Uh, they don't have the problem that Florida has. I mean, it's more dry land. But when you start looking at Florida, there's a lot of, a lot of wetlands. So they, they, you know, the regulatory agencies do a really good job of balancing, keeping the wetlands safe, and then, you know, identifying properties that can be filled for buildable land. And concrete is pretty; it's a pretty clean source. There's not a whole lot into it. Got um, it. So uh, what they allow us to do with wood, uh, you know, they're very focused on keeping the material in a safe way out of the landfills. And um, it just it it's probably. Uh, in my opinion, uh, probably the best state to live in for recycling. Okay. So, like, we have companies still on Long Island to this day, and what you know, a lot of it's got to go to the landfill, and mm -hmm. landfills take up space, and they're you know we're not building or making any more new land. <laughs> so, if you can keep it out of the landfill in a safe way, uh, that's that's the way to go about it. And Florida's been really aggressive with it. On the East Coast, when we we had uh, metal products that we couldn't get rid of, uh, we, we were taking it to a facility and they would downgrade. His dad said, go start a metal shredder. You know, let's put a metal shredder in. And we did that. Now, as of today, we're the second largest metal recycler on the East Coast of Florida. Then we had the problem with the concrete. Go put get a concrete crusher. So we opened up a 10-acre facility in the second facility, and now we're maybe the largest concrete recycler in Southeast Florida do about fifty to 60,000 yards of recycled concrete on a monthly basis. So here, there's a lot of different outlets here. There's a lot of resources here for, for our outlets, which is allowing us to concentrate on recycling the C&D, getting our systems up, infrastructure done in the two years uh, that we've been here. Uh, you know, we, we, as Charlie said, we have five facilities up and running. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's we have a, Another year to get our full infrastructure completed, and after that, we're going to be running at that point. So yeah, well, it's it going to feel like, real good. Seems so, like you guys are already yeah. running. Not this, to mention, yeah. we just went through a hurricane yeah. in, oh, yeah. in October, and we were here for the county. And uh, we took a lot of that material from the hurricane in Lee County and ran it right through our systems. Well, what was that like? What what involvement did you guys have in the the cleanup with the hurricane? What? So Tony did a wonderful job of getting in contact with the different contractors that Crowder were Golf. Uh, Crowder Golf. Um, you know, there's a number of different ones uh, that are out there. Um, Tony worked well with all of them. Uh, 
you know, we got our sites, you know, approved to be disposal facilities. And the beauty of it was it wasn't just going to go to a landfill and, uh, you know, there's definitely a need for landfills, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it, it wasn't all going to go to the landfill. You know, we ran a lot of it through our processing systems um, and, you know, knocked down at least 50 to 60% of it uh, from going to the landfill. Sure. Um, but it also just gave another release valve. I mean, we went through hurricanes on the East Coast and they weren't anything like this. This is by far the most destructive hurricane that we've ever worked in. Not that, I mean, I'm sure there was a worse one somewhere else, but the amount of uh, home damage uh, was incredible. On the East Coast, we saw a lot of uh, tree damage, horticulture stuff, uh, but this was a lot of structural damage uh, because of the flooding combined with the winds. And um, it was just, I've never seen volumes like that uh, from, you know, we our volumes doubled literally overnight. Um, and we understood, you see, you know, at some level too, you see the human suffering that's going on, uh, the people that have been displaced. Uh, we did uh, uh, a ton for our own employees. I mean, as far as providing gas uh, to get back and forth to work, um, we actually flew a good portion of our customer service department to the East Coast where we still, you know, had, you know, offices up and running so we could take uh, customer phone calls. Um, you know, we've done a lot of different programs. I mean, we uh, deployed our own trucks. Uh, we also have a land development company as well. Uh, we put them out there to help dig out our employees, get, you know, their driveways clear, um, you know, move debris from the backyards. Uh, but we were up and running. Uh, the hurricane, I believe, hit on a Wednesday. Thursday, we assessed the damage. We were back on the road on Friday. And we also helped out the local sheriff's departments, uh, Collier and Lee County, especially people within the, the departments that needed help, uh, containers, land, you know, with the with the bobcats and so forth. We also helped out anybody uh, that needed it as, as much as we possibly could that uh, were part of the cleanup. So. Yeah. What was the influx like? I mean, I know you said it doubled overnight. Like, what are some of the like what are what are some of the things that come with running a business when something like that happens? Like, what are the main things that you guys had to focus on, dial in on? How did you support that? We pride ourselves in service uh, on the in the hauling division. The the post disposal facilities are somewhat simple. You pull up, you get scaled in, you dump, and then you go. As far as the hauling end of the business, you know, people call, they're expecting containers. Um, you know, we've always been same day or next day. Uh, when the phones opened up after the hurricane, I mean, it was just out of control. And then you got to balance taking care of your core customers, the customers that were there prior to the storm, uh, you know, because they've been with you the whole time. You don't want to, you want to make sure they get some level of preferential treatment because it's what keeps the lights on. But at the same time, you're trying to balance that with helping, you know, the individual that, you know, just lost their home and is trying to put their life back together again. Uh, it's, it, to be honest with you, this one was much different than anything we've ever experienced. It took about a week to get a feel for the amount of volume uh, because it got to a point where you could only do so, you only have so many trucks, you only have so many containers. And then at the end of the day, as great as all of our employees are, they're human beings with families. They have their own needs to have to, you know, fulfill and get some rest. I mean, we were working seven days a week for the first month and a half at the at the processing facilities and with the hauling divisions. Um, you know, but it was just, it was kind of, there's no playbook for it. There's no training that, 
you can go through because everyone's different. And then something of the magnitude of what we all just experienced, uh, I don't, you, you can't plan for that. And we kind of just learned on the fly. Uh, and, you know, thank God we were able to get uh, access to containers. Um, we, we were able to get more trucks. Uh, Our employees were fantastic yeah, yeah. during this whole process. I mean, they, they wanted to be there. They wanted to get on the road. Once they took care of their own home, they were more interested in getting on the truck. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it was it was a good money making time for them, but also just the sense of you know maybe intrigue of what was out there, and the potential of what you know that they're helping out other people was a great was a great feeling to watch those employees that we have. I was very proud of them. That's that awesome, time. man. Yeah, it's it was it was interesting to see how different people reacted differently during the storm. You kind of saw the best and the worst of people. I think. It was it was interesting, but hats off to our governor. I mean, truly, yep. uh, we've been through a number of hurricanes. You go sometimes four or five days without fuel. We never lost access to fuel, which is huge. You know, you, employees can get to work. Uh, the lines, obviously, you can't control them. That's why we were providing fuel. Just hey, don't worry about trying to get fuel during the day. You know, we have it. We have it here. But you know, that was always a concern in the past where we'd have to. You know pretty much paying, you know, a premium to make sure that, hey, somebody's not going to get fuel. Let's make sure it's not us. But, you know, fuel is readily available. Uh, the emergency services, I mean, the response to this one was probably as good as you could possibly have. The local commissioners yeah. did a fantastic job here. Yep. Uh, I mean, I was proud to be a part of it with them. So Yeah, and it was amazing to watch how fast they came in, like rebuilding the Sanibel Bridge in such a short yeah, time. Short like notice. Matt Lachey, they had that yeah. the the road there, at least some road there in like what three days or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But Tony brings up a good point, our commissioners. You know, the, the government that we have in Lee County specifically, they're just very smart, common sense approach. I mean, you know, and that's what, you know, I mean, they did a wonderful job of organizing all this. I mean, Doug Whitehead, um, he's the head of the solid, uh, solid Stayed waste. calm the whole time. I, I mean, talking to he's him. just great. You know, the commissioners that we have here, I mean, you know, we obviously have to deal with them, uh, especially when it comes to the municipal contracts. Every one of them is great. Our sheriff here in Lee County I mean, he kept is the, outstanding. He kept the place safe and kept it so that everything kept moving and uh, very proud to be a part of Lee County. That's awesome, so. man. Was, well, so, I mean, and I know that you're uh, you're growing like crazy and it seems like you're going to be here for a little bit. So it's uh, it's good to have that backing. Yes. So, well, so, and so why did you guys pick this area? So, uh, I know this is going to say, unless you're in the waste <laughs> business, it's going to sound a little uh, out there, but it, the waste business gets in your blood. So, uh, you know, a lot of professions, you go to work um, and your contribution is great, but it's hard to see sometimes. You know, when you see your trucks on the road, you see your facilities, there's a pride of ownership that goes along with it that is probably different than any other business I've been in. Uh, we had, like I said, we had a large company on the East Coast. We sold it. You know, I had non-compete for five years. I wasn't allowed back in the business. Uh, I would go back and forth between New York and Florida because we had we started some companies on Long Island. And uh, COVID hit and, you know, New York with kind of how they approached COVID, you know, wasn't really friendly about having travelers. So no, I thought they handled it great up there. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, not, I'm born and raised, I was born in New York, uh, Floridian since 2000. But, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the ownership group uh, that owns the companies on Long Island, uh, two of them being my father and I, uh, said, hey, listen, you know, they're really strict about, you know, who's going to fly here, the quarantine, God forbid, you get it, bring it. So pretty much for a year, I stopped doing that once a month, going back and forth, and I got bored. And so I'm sitting at my desk, and uh, I started doing some research because my non-compete was coming to an end. And uh, I said, I want to start again. I don't want to leave Florida. I love Florida. And as I started looking at some of the demographics and population shifts, six of the fastest growing cities in the country are on the west coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. And that coupled with the fact that Lee County is so pro-recycling, fit right in. And then to make a uh, make it a little better, um, you know, when you sell your business, you take your money from being in the waste business and you go into various different investments. You know, most common obviously is the, is the stock market. And um, with what I saw coming, you know, I kind of felt inflation was gonna start to creep up on us. And, you know, a lot of money one day is not a lot of money tomorrow. So, and Tony and I were both young, are both young. Uh, I said, we have to start back up again. But how do you move from the market uh, back into an investment without, you know, taking the bite of capital gains. So the area that our headquarters will be in, we're building a 14,000 square foot state-of-the-art corporate office, uh, the Rockville Processing Facility, uh, which sits on four acres, our state-of-the-art maintenance facility, which sits on four acres, our truck depot, which is in the process of being built out, that sits on uh, seven acres, are all in what they call uh, a qualified opportunity zone, which okay. is uh, pretty much just, a, it's a tool for economic redevelopment in areas that are of need of it. So Fort Myers uh, was perfect. Uh, the uh, the platform purchase that we did, which was Southwest Disposal, sat right in the middle of the qualified opportunity zone. Okay. So uh, it's also called enterprise zones. So the, so the way that it works is you can actually take like uh, capital and assets that you've already got. And if you use this as a vehicle to develop an area and bring business into it, and then you don't get penalized for yes yeah, so or as much. Uh, yeah, so what it does is defer you from having to pay capital gains from when you uh, liquidate an got asset. It. Okay. So you get to use that tax money for, and there's a bunch of qualifications you got to meet, <clears throat> but you're, you're allowed to use that tax money to go build a business. And then as long as you pass your asset ratios and, you know, there's some other prerequisites, um, you know, when you roll out, you get some benefit with tax. But with the beautiful, what what it really does is takes areas that were kind of, um, you know, in need of freshening up. And so, you know, some of the qualifications, you know, you got to improve a property X amount of dollars to qualify. So it forces you to dump millions and millions of dollars into an area that otherwise wouldn't see it. So, um, and then a bunch, like with us, we're very, you know, our business is very labor intensive. The amount of jobs that it's creating. I mean, just just in that Rockville, you know, area alone, um, you know, we got to have 70, 80 job, new jobs that came along with us. And it's growing by, as the as if we more you know, including the drivers, yeah. Yes. If we win one of the you know Lee County areas for uh, the you know the municipal contracts, you know that adds each each you know RFP adds fifty new employees 
that will be domiciled in that area. Wow. So, and then what you see from it, they use the local restaurants, they fuel up at the local gas stations. You know, it just brings uh, life into an into area an that area was- Which was repressed before. Yeah, so. otherwise stagnant. So how many, how many employees were you at uh, two years ago and where are you guys at now? <laughs> we started with 30 yep. and we're at 275. So like slow and steady growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, not so much. Just going back to what Charlie said, when you take a road like Martha Luther King and Rockville Road, the the office that we're going to be putting there is maybe going to be the prettiest office in the city. And that's what we're going to bring to that area, which was was not developed in that way before. We're going to put a state-of-the-art trucking facility on Rockville Road, which was a field or, you know, just piles of, dirt before with, with other things there. So the infrastructure that we're bringing to that one area where, where our businesses are, is just going to be astronomical to the city. Yeah. So it, go, it goes back to, you know, I mean, not trying to be a homer, but that's why Florida is the, in my opinion, the best state to live in, and especially Lee County. It's so pro-business. It's super safe. I mean, uh, like a, uh, Sheriff Marsano does a wonderful job. Um, you know, commissioners are super smart. They're business driven, uh, and they understand that you know you need to provide that environment to attract uh, new blood. And so, you know, we're we, you know we're more than happy with the. I mean, we're just. I mean, it's exceeded all of our expectations. And everybody that you work with in Lee County just has a really nice way about them, and they're just you're dealing with people that are working with the basis of common sense, you're not, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, fighting against yourself. So it's yeah. great. So all those things were t- taken into consideration. And originally what we were going to do is commute from the East coast, be here three, four days a week. And uh, then, you know, as we saw the opportunity develop and then we s- fell in love with the area, we moved our families over. So now we're permanent West coasters. You're here. You're yep. here. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, and I know that this is bringing a lot of jobs and you guys have a lot of opportunities. I checked out the website too. And I know Sydney's been thing, posting Sydney. a lot on there. Um, but, and, and I, so what are, what are some of the things that both the opportunities that you guys have coming up right now? And then also, like we were talking about before we started rolling, just some of the, the challenges that come with growing and, and what you see some of the, challenges with with hiring are and yeah so why don't you take it from the sales point and i'll take it from the ops point sales wise um you know we have the ability unlimited ability right now to grow as fast as we want to grow we actually had to slow it down at some point you know just to because you don't want to over exceed you don't want to underperform especially Mm -hmm. to the customers that rely on you um you know, we did some acquisitions when we first took over. Um, and then since then, we've been doing all internal growth, uh, just building up based on the the name that we built, uh, the reputation with services that we built. Uh, but as far as what I see going forwards, I see, uh, an, you know, barring a complete meltdown uh, of the economy, I see this as continued um growth as fast as we want to grow and as fast as we're going to be able to produce uh, the, the same services to our customers in the, in the near future. So we're very optimistic about the future of where we're going. Nice. I think the West coast of Florida provides tremendous opportunity. Um, you know, as, uh, areas 
the living expense and cost in certain areas in the country continue to increase. Uh, Florida still, you know, keeps pretty much a lot of that in check. Uh, the best that you can do. I know some inflation, you can't get away from it. Uh, but, you know, having a very favorable uh, tax structure like we have in our state, plus the opportunity. People can come here, you know, sell their homes in different areas, put some money in the bank. There's still value in the property that they're buying. There's still buildable land, which there's much more of that on the West Coast of Florida than the East Coast of Florida. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, just the way Florida has been governing, it's governing itself has been, it's just, it's becoming appealing. So obviously as the people come, you know, there becomes a need for homes, you know, commercial to support the homes uh, and everything grows around it. And I think what you're seeing with the West coast of Florida, given, you know, it's got great barrier islands. Uh, it's as far as development's concerned, there's a lot of room to grow and people can do it right. So I, I just had a meeting with two or three, sorry, uh, two or three of our largest customers within the last week. And sometimes I'm afraid to ask the question, how many close, homes did you close on last month? And everything was a smile first and, you know, 53 last week. And, uh, you know, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's not where the parts of this country is. So I'm, I'm very pleased where, uh, where we decided to start this company yeah. and the future of this uh, surrounding area. Well, the construction hasn't slowed down no. at all. It's it's been booming. And, uh, you know, and with the devastation from the hurricane, um, you know, we, they got to rebuild yep. certain portions of this county and other counties around the counties. So the needs are going to be there. Yeah, and, uh, and we'll be there. Yeah, it's we'll a it's two prongs. It's yeah. really it's the yeah. rebuild from the hurricane, and then also just all this new development going on. And they're starting to move out east, like where yeah. where I'm at, yeah. and then I, even those communities yeah. past Babcock there. Ranch. I mean, in a lot cool. of ways, the east side's building faster than the west side. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's great to see. And now they're making these communities, you know, full of amenities. You, you, you know, you could pull in your gate and not have to leave. It's, just, it's yeah. Some I go into Babcock Ranch. I just can't believe what they're developing out there. Uh, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing, and uh, it's it's only on phase one. <laughs> so I think there's five total phases, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you know, phase two includes you know double what they got here. So. God bless what's happening. Yeah, really? Sid Kitson, a good friend of ours from the East Coast, he's uh, Sid, uh, Kitson and Partners. They're the, you know, the main lead on the development of uh, Babcock Ranch, and they've done an amazing job. It's a city within a city. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, wild. So, and we're uh, blessed to be doing about 95% yeah. of the new construction that's in there with the Pulte Homes, with Lenore, D.R. Horton, Ryan Holmes, and so forth. So wow. So, we're, and then we're blessed. We, we're eventually going to move into the municipal market. So areas, I believe, one and two of Lee County are going to be coming out for uh, RFP soon. And, um, you know, we did, that's, you know, we're mostly a C&D company. But uh, Tony uh, ran the whole municipal side of the business on the East Coast, um, had a phenomenally successful implementation of uh, of. Uh, area, what, Jerry, what, with area the uh, Solway Store, the area Star four, which area is four. the southeast portion of Palm Beach County. Yes. Okay. So, uh, you know, we were precluded from participating in RFPs because of our experience on the East Coast. And uh, we've figured out a way to boost that experience, even though we've all been born and raised in it. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, we got qualified, and Tony probably had the most successful implementation. Uh, yeah, they consider us a small contract. private company yeah. doing a hundred million a year, but uh, <laughs> you know, fully 
financially capable of buying the equipment, but when we got the opportunity, and that opportunity came from from some small municipalities, by within cities out west like Pahokee, Florida, Southwest Ranches, you know, stuff like that, we finally, you know, got the attention, and the Solid Waste Authority allowed us to bid, and it was, uh, it again, created a reputation for us here that, yeah. yes, they could do it. That we're hoping that to build on, and so, you know, you know, God willing, we win one or two or whatever we could win, uh, you know, that we'll be, di- you know, diversifying our business platform into municipal solid waste, um, you know, but we're just going to keep on growing within the footprint that we're in. Um, it's a passion for Tony and I. It's even, it's more than just, you know, a dollars and cents thing. And, um, you know, it's just, it's so we don't have a timeline. If, if I had uh, my wish list the way I feel now, you know, one day hand it off to my kids and let them run it. Um, you know, I'd probably drive my whole family crazy if I <laughs> retired again. But uh, at the end of the day, we, uh, you know, we plan on being here for a very long time and growing within the footprint. You know, to answer your question, challenges, the biggest challenge is labor. You can't get uh, skilled labor or any labor for that matter. Um, truck drivers uh, specifically. I mean, we could get people to hold the wheel. Uh, but there, some are the the pool of qualified drivers is just really really thin. Uh, same thing with mechanics, uh, welders. Nobody wants to be a truck driver anymore. Nobody wants to be a mechanic anymore. And the thing of it is, our truck drivers are making north of a hundred thousand a year. We this year, you know, we're a privately owned company. We pay probably a little more than the public companies because we have to compete with their benefit packages. But now it's forced us. I mean, our health program is, you know, as solid as it's ever been and getting, you know, we're looking to spend more money to make it stronger for our employees. We are offering 401k, um, you know, vacation times that we used to, you know, we used to get away with given two weeks a year. We're going north of that now. So um, doing everything that we can, because it's cliche, but it's the truth. You know, your employees are your greatest asset. And if you don't have good people, you're not going to have a successful company. And the, you know, uh, the pool is really thin. Uh, We brought Sydney on not only to do our uh, social media, uh, but our cultural development inside of the company to make sure that everybody's being treated correctly, that we're living a servant leadership uh, mentality. Uh, where it's not just all about ownership or the executive group. It's about, you know, how could ownership in the executive group help you? It, it's, it's, you know, you got to yeah. have that symbiotic relationship to be successful. And, um, but the labor situation has been really, really difficult. I mean, uh, combined with supply chain issues, if I could have got my hands on more trucks and more people, uh, I would have, uh, you know, I, we probably would have, you know, grown the company even faster than what we've grown it at. But it's definitely, you know, supply chain issues seem to be easing up a little bit. Um, still difficult to get your hands on trucks. They're not like at the tip of your fingers like they used to be, but not quite as bad. By third but, quarter, fourth quarter. Well, I, you, know, you hope. But at the end of the day, finding good people is probably our, our you know, biggest problem to have to solve. Got it. Is there, and what do you think the cause of that is? Like, what's the underlying cause? I think there's, so the way that, you know, we grew up, you know, um, all all my dad's brothers um, were, you know, in the waste business. They started driving trucks. Uh, my grandparents were Italian immigrants. Um, 
so they they all went to work at a very young age and they found a source of pride of being a truck driver of being a mechanic um i think as it's not socially that popular today to say hey i'm a truck driver um but at the end of the day it pays more than yeah. most any job these you know kids are getting coming out of college and they're yeah. not racking up student debt I just think, you know, when people ask, what do you want to be when you get older? They're not saying a truck driver and there's nothing they should be saying. I mean, when I graduated college, I drove a truck for a living. I mean, it was, you know, uh, you know, it, you could put food on the table. Now yeah. you're making a, 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 Goodbye, a pool. Great, yeah, great <laughs> living. And, uh, so like even now where we've gone, you know, all of our trucks are fully automatic. Oh, our nice. average age of our fleet is two years old, which is insane. I mean, they have that young of a fleet, but I, you know, you need to provide the best truck, the cleanest truck, mm -hmm. the the best equipment to attract the drivers. Cause you know, having driven a truck, you get a truck that's in rough shape, you know, you know, driving stick after a while does get a, you know, it wears you down a little bit. Having fully automatic trucks, a state of the art maintenance facility to where, you know, the AC is always working, you know, the radio is always operational, you know, the suspension, the truck's taken care of so that you can come to work and do a day's worth of work and be comfortable. So, I mean, we've at a great expense uh, to upgrade our equipment to make sure it's the best that we could provide our employees. Yeah, but that's a big part of why you can grow that fast too, is like putting that effort, putting that time in, putting that money in too, yeah. to actually pay people, take care of people. Then people will actually go, do you notice that because you do that, people go above and beyond to actually take care of your customers because of it? Yeah. So every one of our employees, if they get a compliment from a customer, gets a $25 gift card either to Publix or a gas station. Uh, so <laughs> they're definitely out there searching for the compliments. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it's, it, listen, perception is reality. If, you know, if the drivers are out there selling themselves, you know, and they're making their customers happy, you know, it just, it gives them, they feel better about Southwest Waste. Uh, you know, by and large, most of them do it. Some kind of, you know, you always get, you get those, you know, yeah. not everybody's so enthusiastic about it, but, you know, I would like to say that I, I personally, I mean, every time we do an acquisition, every driver gets my business card. Um, I, he speaks to every driver when we do an acquisition, gives him their cell phone number, gives him a card. I'm actually impressed when I see him talk to the guys the first day. And typically, you know, we retain quite a bit of them. And they, some of them get with, we have a program and uh, we're not going to deviate from that program because it, we got to look at the whole, not the, not the few. And we yeah. got to be, we got to be good for the whole company and everybody within the family. And not just a few guys that aren't going to get on. But I, when I see Charlie in action, when I see him with the drivers, I think that's where you feel most comfortable. I do. So. I, it's because uh, that's one thing that never goes away, right? <laughs> you know, and the camaraderie of the guys are, is great. But our program is definitely a, a strict program. I mean, every truck gets checked in at the end of the night. Um, we're obsessive over the cleanliness of our equipment, if you ever see our trucks. I mean, this weekend, we just, uh, this past weekend, touch a truck. You know, it, it, people can't believe that actually picks up waste. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, Every day. If, if you, you know, could fit into that culture of, you know, we're going to treat people correctly, you know, we're going to keep our equipment clean and we're going to work really hard and be proficient at our profession, uh, you know, you fit right in. So um, in a lot of ways, you know, we, we do have a high expectation 
But if you're able to meet that expectation, you got a wonderful home. And what, what slowed us down a little bit on the East Coast, we grew so fast over there, was um, we buy a four-acre piece and we needed eight acres. We buy eight acres, we need 16. So Charlie's dad, so we buy, uh, say, seven acres on Rockville Road. He buys the 10 acres behind us because he knows eventually <laughs> we're going to grow into it. So as and far he's going to sell it to us yeah, for a profit. Yeah, and he's going to sell it to us <laughs> for a profit. So, you know, talk about wisdom, right? So It's also payback for anything uh, you put him through. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I put him through a bunch. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we find that, uh, you know, as far as our future growth here, to be make it almost unlimited to what we want to do. Uh, well, again, making sure our customers and the service never fails. Yeah. Yeah. And that starts with our people. So like uh, some of the things that we do differently, um, you know, I think any, everybody's experienced, you know, you call uh, such and such company and they queue you up and you can't yeah. get a hold of anybody. Then you know, we, our phones, I mean, other than through the hurricane when they were ringing off the hook, we have an expectation within three rings, the phone's lifted, you get a live person on the phone and not only do you get a live person, you get a person that's upbeat, happy, and smart. Uh, our customer service department uh, here is outstanding. Um, and it's not just, hey, let me pass you the billing. You know, they try to work your problem all the way through until they can't get to a solution. And then they try to pass you on. You get to know the customer and the yeah. customer gets to know them and they feel comfortable calling the office, speaking with that person. You know? yeah. And it's just, it, and you, de you develop a rapport, but then there's some people that don't want to do it. Uh, we developed an app. Uh, we have an app that we launched that if you want to put your orders in through the app, uh, now we're about to launch a program. It's either started or about to start where you could track your container. So they'll notify the customer when we're on the way to you, which is something different. You got the pizza tracker for yeah. your dumpster. <laughs> you know, kind of something like that. It, it sends you a, a notification that, Hey, your container's on the way. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing. Uh, we're having fun with it. It's uh, a little more innovative than we've done before. I think a lot of, uh, another one of the key things we did is uh, on the acquisitions we did, all the people we uh, acquired, they're still part of the team. You know, uh, they're still in business in some way, shape, or form. They're still customers of ours. They're still doing work for us in whatever business they went into. We talk to them every day. Typically, a company buys out somebody, and they kind of go at the wayside. It's ter it's yeah. generally terrible. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But not not with anybody that we acquired. Uh, we've we've re maintained that relationship. Uh, just this morning, I was with one of the guys we acquired uh, two years ago. And, uh, you know, the friendship is just as good now as it was two years ago when we acquired him. And now he's into three other businesses. And he's one of our biggest customers. So, and it, it's fantastic. So, It's definitely, it's been, it's been a fun ride for the, you know, we're two, two years. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're two, two years, years like two, now. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, the 19th of, I think it was the 19th. We were sitting, yeah, right? It's we, about were the sitting, we were sitting at the Luminary Hotel for uh, <laughs> a week waiting for the contract to get signed. And yep. uh, we lived there for a month. And then we lived downtown for uh, four to five months in one of the at High Point. And uh, here we are. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, and so you, I know you're expanding. You just, you just opened the Sarasota location yes. pretty recently, right? And then I don't know if you got some other locations that are coming. So Port Charlotte's coming out of the ground. Um, there's not a recycling center, C&D uh, recycling center in that county yet. So we're hoping to be the first one that opens. Um, so we're, we're moving as fast as we can to build it out. Um, that, that's going to be probably the most exciting thing that we have going. Uh, the facility that we have in Mainline, off Mainline in Fort Myers, uh, that goes under, uh, it's going to be, it's a recycling facility now. We're processing there. 
uh, the new systems going in. So we're going to rip out the old system, put in the new system. So that's going to happen in March. Um, Naples, we were planning just to do a uh, transfer facility from there to one of our recycling facilities and process there. But that's looking like now that's going to become a recycling center. So, you know, so generally what we have, we have two types of facilities. We have transfer facilities where we collect material and then transfer it to one of the processing sites where we process it. And then we have our processing sites. But uh, independently, in what dictates that's volume. Sure. So at the end of the day, um, like the facility at Mainline really didn't have enough volume and we needed to feed it with the Naples facility. But now it looks like it's a standalone facility. So uh, Sarasota, we had planned on being a transfer facility. It's looking like that now is going to need to be a processing facility. So within the next two years, uh, we're going to have two built out this year. And then probably just in our current footprint, another two more following that. So, um, you know, as what we thought we'd be through construction in the first two years is looking more like a four or five year window. Got it. What is, what's the process like to rip out an old system and put a new system Not in? Fun. Like, yeah. What, what <laughs> do you, fun? what are While you still operating? While you're still operating. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, we don't shut down because we still got this process. We have still to service our customers. So, um, you know, luckily, like like I said before, we got a great re- relationship with the local uh, leadership and with the DEP, and uh, we've been able to do it in phases and uh, make sure that we continue operating while doing that install. Typically, an install on the new piece of machinery will take anywhere from eight to ten weeks. Like from from, but the construction around it is sure. what it is. So, um, you know, we 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 got to manage it the right way keeping safety with our employees, with our customers and everything else in hand. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's controlled heavy, chaos. It's a controlled oh, yeah. chaos. It's it a great yeah. way to put it. It's controlled it, so. chaos. But then, you know, it's a, it's a means to an end. You, you start it, you know, it's, it's a, you know, we'll sit there and, you know, pull our hair out for a few months. And then once it's done, you know, like, and there's just no good time ever to do it. Um, yeah. You know, we're hoping that, you know, we've, we, we're just so happy that the cleanup, for the hurricane went as fast as it did because uh, obviously we would have delayed the installation yeah. until we were on the backside of that. Um, so, but, you know, it's looking like we got a good control over the volumes. So uh, it's just, but it, it is, it's controlled chaos. Over the past 22 years, we always look back at things that we tackled, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And we laugh about it now, even though it wasn't, you know, and we realize that, all right, we could do that. And uh, I don't think there's anything we can tackle at this point. So. Yeah. So what was the difference this time of going into business, having all this experience and starting this one up? What what kind of lessons did you bring or what was really the main difference that you guys saw with this particular process? Confidence. Um, so like, you know, uh, so my dad before me built a successful business in New York and, you know, it gave him confidence, uh, you know, uh, to come down here and do it. And then when you get out on your own, you know, so like, you know, when I graduated college, I drove a truck and I had them, you know, got lent the money to start my first business independent of my family. And you're not really sure if you can do it or not. Like you think you can, but you don't really know. And, you know, when everybody talks about success and, you know, there's a lot of circumstance that goes along with it. You know, there's a lot of smart, talented, well-capitalized people that don't make it in business. I mean, you look at what COVID did. I mean, if you were, you could have been the best restaurateur in the world. You know, if you open up during COVID or, you know, open up and then COVID hits, you know, what do you do? So uh, 
us having the success that we had on the East Coast through the ups and downs. Like, I don't think we'll ever see an economic event in that in the housing market like we saw in 2008. But I remember there was days sitting at my desk in 2008 saying, where's the bottom? You know, the volumes just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. And we live on volume. You know, mm -hmm. so at the end of the day, you know, having lived through that and came out the other side even bigger and stronger, you know, gives you the confidence that as long as you stay grounded, uh, you make good common sense decisions. You know, you know our work ethics. I mean, I came call it work ethic. I love what I do, so it's like fun for me. Yeah. I mean, when we moved here, I sold my boat. I'm like, my wife's like, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm going back to work. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you know, it's really the confidence of, you know, and then obviously having the capital behind you to be able to go do that without having the worry, like, where am I going to generate capital from? It's a huge, huge, um, you know, benefit. But I would say most of all, you've seen it, you've done it, you've been through the yeah. ups, you've been through the downs and, you know, short of a world event, you know, a war or something like that. Everything else is pretty much correctable. Yeah. You've seen it before. Yep. Yeah. Do you, were you, so you retired for a little bit? Semi-retired. Retired for me. Yeah. Were you, were you going out of your mind during that well, time? Well, so we, we sold the waste management uh, on the East Coast. Uh, and, you 16 know, January yeah, 2016. They were, they, 2016. They were great with us. Stayed on there for six months. And then we started the businesses on Long Island. We had one small company running on Long Island. And then uh, my dad wanted to go do another acquisition because that's like his hometown where he grew up. He spends, you know, half the year on Long Island. So uh, I immediately went up there. I worked four or five months a year for the next three years up there. Um, and then uh, as my kids started getting older with school, that obviously diminished. And then sure. I'd fly up periodically. But like I said, you know, once COVID hit and I was home every day, I was pulling my hair out. So, you know, when I say retired, <laughs> you know, I was just working less, but just certainly not enough. Seems like you you pro you seem like the kind of person that works like uh, eighty to hundred hours a week. He's and, amazing. And semi yeah, retired is working like forty <laughs> yeah, to fifty yeah. hours. Well, that, that's pretty maybe much I'm not at the office eighty to hundred, but we're all, I mean, <laughs> you know it's if uh, if I'm not uh, if it's Tony's the same way. If we're not at work, we're on the phone yeah. talking about I mean, work. Text yeah. messages start from the facilities from the night shift started what four thirty. Yeah. 4.30 in the morning, the drivers start going out at 5.30. You can see the text come in. We're, he, yeah. He's responding, I'm responding. And, uh, you know, during during the, when we did sell, I took over the companies on the East Coast mm -hmm. of Florida, the metal company and the and the, um, and the rock yards. And we really didn't slow down during, you know, Florida was a lot easier. So we kept moving through, you know, which occupied a lot of time. But when he said, hey, you want to go start up a yeah, company on back. the West Coast? We were in that plane and we were on our way here and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I remember landing that first day. Yeah. I remember so, after after the first day, I came on and go, hon, we got to move. Yeah. We were looking at buying <laughs> so a tree. My wife's like, we're moving again. I'm like, yes. We were like, looking at buying a tree truck operation. Yeah. We ended up with a 15, 20 truck operation <laughs> yeah. on the first acquisition. The first, right? yep. So so it's been, it's been a really, really fun ride. But uh, yeah, no, uh, retirement. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, we joke around and laugh. I mean, even... I would say three of my best friends are all in the waste business. 
So it's like uh, my cousins from Connecticut, they're in the waste business. So everything we're doing, I mean, you know, the social group that we hang out with is in the waste business. I mean, you got us, my dad and I, you know, we'll, we'll start on a conversation, you know, how's kids, how's this, how's that? And within two minutes, we're right into talking about work. Yeah. And it's our passion. We enjoy it. It's not a, it's not a uh, you know, something that's forced. So, you know, when you love what you do, it's, you know, it makes it easy. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, I'm, I mean, thanks for coming and doing this. I appreciate it. But before we, we wrap up, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on? Like anything important to make No, I just, uh, you know, the only thing that I really look to put out there is, you know, when it comes to recycling, everybody keeps an open mind. You know, look at things, you, you know, some of the stuff that concerns people or makes them nervous, you know, look at it, get educated on it, where uh, we open up our facilities, our recycling facilities to anybody who wants to come in other than competition. But uh, <laughs> anybody, any government agencies, look at what we're doing. You know, so when it, when it references C&D recycling, right? So when people call it waste or garbage, it's really not. It's stuff that you live in every single day. It's the wood on your walls. It's the concrete on your floor. You know, it's it's stuff that you live in every day. Now, when you rip it down, you throw it into a box or you're building something and it's a scrap pieces, it doesn't change what it is. You know, so it's a really clean and it gets wrapped up in uh, a different distinction. So when people hear waste, they say, well, garbage is garbage, but it's really not. Yeah. You know, uh, the C&D waste stream. And the reason why I point that out is because with the growth that we're going to be experiencing here on the West Coast of Florida, there's going to be a lot more construction. Uh you know, landfills obviously are definitely a necessity. They're they're always going to be there, but you know, technology you know definitely helps with the you know progress of recycling. So some of the things that we're looking into down the line is if you look at our residue product, a lot of it's plastics. You know, it's got a high burn rate. You know, it's perfect to be burned and used and converted to energy. Um, so when we start talking about recycling and, you know, our recycling percentages, you know, when you really start studying the waste stream, there's only maybe one or two items, mainly roofing shingles and tires that you can't really, you know, there's not really something coming down the line, it, it, which is a practical use for sure. them to recycle. But there's a lot out there. And, um, you know, Lee County does a great job with their solid waste department you know, of being, you know, uh, intuitive, looking for ways to advance recycling. So, um, you know, as it pertains to C&D waste, I really think there's going to be a time where you can say C&D waste, there's going to be 100% use for everything that comes through uh, a facility. And just by keeping people educated. So, yeah. um, you know, that's why, like, we like people to come to our facilities and do a tour because you'll get a lot of people saying, hey, I don't want this in my backyard. I don't want, but it's really not. The place looks like a park. You know, there's dust suppression everywhere. Um, you know, and then when you see the recycling process is actually pretty clean, as, as clean as it can get. You know, like a single stream facility may look a little little neater in the sense that, you know, uh, you know, you know, not as many moving parts, sure. you know, right on the floor. But, uh, you know, we welcome people to come and look at it, not to be afraid of the process. Yeah, I would like to say any of the businesses, the leadership, anybody that watches your, or listens to your podcast, I just want to thank them because they trust in us. They believed in us in the beginning and sticking with us uh, through the acquisitions and uh, just thank you. And here we are two years later, bigger and better than we were the day we got here. And uh, it's all because of them. So thank you. to all. And anything that anything with the community, anything that you're doing with community, anything that we could be partners with. Uh, Sydney does a lot. Um 
anything that we do to help uh, Lee County, uh, the city of Fort Myers, Bonita Springs, uh, any of the cities that are in Lee County, anything that we could do, we're we're always there. So yeah, well, uh, and you guys have been doing a bunch of stuff lately out in the community. Yes. I've been seeing Sydney, everything that you're putting out there too. What are some of the things that you guys have been doing lately? Uh, so we all have our different passions. Like uh, we love the sheriff's department. Uh, we think we got the best sheriff in the state of Florida, uh, probably the country. Um, so anything with helping local law enforcement, anything with the kids, uh, anything that's kids driven. Um, Anything with the local schools, I mean, you know. We, Recreation, sports. Yeah, it was sports, yeah, we're all big into the sports. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, it's where our heart moves us. You know, so people have a, uh, a lot of things that motivate them. You know, it's not all about making money. It's about making the area that you're working and living in better. And anything that we could do to help that, you know, it does, it does mean something to us much more than recognition. Uh, so if there's anything that you're doing, like Sydney works, you know, tirelessly at saying, hey, we're getting asked to do this. And honestly, I probably say yes way more than I should. On certain, but, you know, it's just, it, <laughs> he it's, does. He says it, yes to everything. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a home. So it's a, it's a good thing. So, uh, you know, anything with that, uh, anything that we could do with attracting new talent, uh, getting people uh, through our doors. Uh, we have a, a full-time recruiter. So, you know, you, you see headhunting agencies out there. Well, we have our very own. All she does is source employees for our company. Uh, she's one, her name's Jessica. Um, so, you know, that's the thing that we're, we really, if for us to grow and do what we want to do, you know, we want to get good people in. So, um, you know, we don't argue much about pay. Uh, you know, I always use my analogy. I don't mind spending $30 for a cheeseburger, but it better be a really good cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, when it comes to our employees, I don't mind paying, you know, but we want to make sure that, you know, we get the best of what's out there. Uh, we're doing things like our corporate office that is going to be under construction here shortly. I mean, is nothing short of amazing. I mean, it's uh, providing a work environment for people that's, you know, maybe better than what they're used to. Um, so, you know, so anything that you guys are doing in the community, anything that we do to attract talent, that's, uh, you know, what we're looking to do. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you for doing this. Thank I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Cool. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcast. We help businesses make marketing videos. A lot of businesses see the value in video content, but they don't know where to start. We work with businesses to highlight the value they bring to their customers and share that online. Now we've created the Marketing Manager's Guide to Video Content that you can download for free by following the link below or scanning the QR code on your screen.